Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. I'm okay. It's been a long long tiring week it has right i don't know what it is i feel like everybody is on one something about the mercury being in retrograde i still don't know what that means i don't know either it's like mercury the planet mercury is not going backwards what does that even mean i don't know something about the constellations going backwards i don't understand it at all i don't know but mercury and gatorade can um cause issues apparently yeah i've heard it something about like how mercury in retrograde means that like something to do with the tides of the moon and blah 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 i don't know i need bill nye the science guy to weigh in on that and yeah what what does that mean scientifically what does that actually mean because i feel like it's just a basic bitch excuse for like everything sucks right now And you know what it does. I don't know what it is. I feel like everybody has been kind of whatever. Could be stress. It could be. It's it's the vaccine. It's the 5G. Oh, my God. It's the 5G. I also started working out this week. Haven't yeah. lost a single pound. And I just want you to know, Arthi, no. I have not changed as a person. Okay? I'm still a piece of shit yeah. even if I've worked out every day this week. I'm not turning my back on who I am, which is a trash box. No. I, I totally expect you to give up a week or two from now. <laughs> Now I'm like, okay, bitch, so you're working out. Okay, fine. Let's see, let's see how long that takes. Okay, fine. I don't, I don't believe anybody telling me that until they are like six months into it. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're serious about it. Huh? <laughs> Wait, also, I feel like that's how my husband deals with it too. Because like when we got the elliptical, I was like, okay, so here's my goal. Okay, for the entire month of February, I'm going to do cardio for 30 minutes every single day and then because he does this thing called x3 which is like this thing with resistance bands it's a whole system i will say the dude has he's in the best shape he's been in our mine mine too he's like mine looks like 10 years younger than me (laughs) i'm like i was hugging him yesterday and like i feel like i'm hugging a teenage boy This is like, this is making me very uncomfortable. Where is your love handle? Where is your love handle that I used to hold on to? This is odd. It's making me very uncomfortable. Okay, so the last time my husband was in spectacular shape was when I was pregnant with our first child. Yeah. And he this motherfucker decided to do CrossFit. Yeah. And he was in such good shape that I I one time he was changing his clothes in front of me and I started crying. I was like, <laughs> I want you to stop doing that. I feel like that's an attack on your fat pregnant wife and so I made him stop doing it it was really depressing for me and then now is like he's in even better shape than that and it's extremely frustrating so I eat low carb sugar free I did keto like hardcore keto Mm -hmm. like for eight months in 2018 and ever since then I'm like on and off basically I just eat low carb I just know I can't have sugar sugar hurts my body anyway yeah this guy started it with me in solidarity and he is more strict than I am 
It's so yeah. frustrating. I'm like, you piece of shit. You're in such yeah. great shape. I hate you so much. And he's like, if you want, I can stop. But I do it because I want to make sure that you have somebody with you to motivate you. And I'm like, this is not motivating yeah. anymore. Um, I think that my husband gave up on me. So he's like, <laughs> okay, you're going to be fat. Fine. I'm going to lose weight. And he's like, at least one of us will be alive. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have at least I'll cut down on the health insurance and I'll cut down on that. Oh my god. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, you do that cuz I am not. I cannot do anything. My mom, I FaceTime with my mom today and she was like, "Oh, your face looks thin." And I was like, yeah. "That's interesting cuz I stepped on the scale this morning and I was like, what the fuck?" No, I I have to say that yes, your face looks much much brighter. You look less stressed and look brighter. Oh my god, really? Maybe it's cuz I'm far away from the camera. No, I'm I'm serious. You you have a you have the your chin looks a little bit more chiseled. Oh my god. It could also be because I've been doing the gua sha. Yeah. It could be anything. It could either be Either way, either way we'll see if it lasts beyond 3 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so today we're going to talk about Bravo. But before we get into Bravo, Arthi, I wanted to take a minute to talk about this thing that's going on in India. And I yeah. feel like as South Asian podcasters, it's important for us to talk about what's going on with the farmers' protest, especially because our girl, Queen Riri Rihanna, decided mm -hmm. to get involved and make it known that there is mm. atrocities happening to the farmers yeah. in India. So India was primarily an agrarian country, right? Farming and agriculture was huge, always has been huge. But it, over the past 10, 15 years, technology has taken over and the farmers have borne the brunt of a lot of those things. I mean, even five years ago, there was a whole spate of farmers not doing well and they had um, a lot of loss and they couldn't handle their financial situation. A lot of a lot of farmers were committing suicide. Yeah. And it was a big deal. But India didn't do much to fix it. Mm -hmm. And what we have right now is it's like if farmers here had to go up against Monsanto. Yes, and exactly. They didn't have they didn't have the protections of the government to allow them to do so. That's what's happening there is that the farmers don't have the protections, traditional protections that were allowed for them. And what the Prime Minister Modi is doing is that he wants to make it more of um, capitalistic in nature and say, hey, sell your produce for whatever price you want to sell and you go into the open market and sell it yourself, yep. which doesn't quite work when you have the giants like Monsanto's working through the system and basically essentially driving down the cost and pricing. And what happens in the end is that farmers lose their farms and they don't make money off of it and they just become poorer and poorer. So that's what that's the fight that's happening. Yeah, Modi basically puts to three, three laws that are in a nutshell just pro-corporate and anti-farmers. They're not yeah. beneficial to the farmers in any way. And you're talking about a nation that, like you said, has been based in agriculture for so long. Yeah. As long as it's been a nation. It's that right. is that is literally the bread and butter of so many people in India. Protests started in October of 2020, so last year. The Farmers mm -hmm. Union of India and their supporters have been protesting these three farm acts that passed. Yeah. As we know just from the BLM rallies over the summer, protesters under conservative governments are just not treated well. And the Indian yeah. government has just not taken very kindly to the demands of the farmers unions, especially not to the protesters. Police mm -hmm. are beating elderly farmers. And we're not, I mean, these are protests. 
these are massive, massive protests in Delhi. The government is doing insane things to try to shut it down. First of all, they're coming at the protesters with violent tactics. But on top of that, they're closing off access to food, water, and even internet now to where the protests are taking place. So areas where protesters are coming in and gathering, they're cutting off electricity, internet service. I mean, they did a similar thing in Kashmir last year. It's a really horrifically sad thing that's happening. Punjab is a northern state of India. The capital is close to Punjab. And a lot of the protesters that are coming in are Punjabis with Sikh background. And the reason why that is important is because a lot of the farmers are now being treated by conservative Indians as traders who are seeking an independent state separate from India. And this is very in line with Modi, who is basically an Indian Trump, who has othered every religious minority that exists in India. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really sad because actors and celebrities in India are not like they are in Hollywood, right? In Hollywood, if you are not progressive, you're called yeah. out. Yeah. But in India, if you are not supportive of the government, then you are treated like a traitor. Rihanna tweeted about it. It, it got in the everybody, all of a sudden, all the actors were like, oh my God, Rihanna said something. Now we need to say something. And these idiots like the Karan Joharas and the Mahib Kapoors, they've either stayed silent or they've put together this new hashtag called all together or India together. Which is the saying all lives matter. Exactly. It's not saying that farmers first, they're saying <laughs> all together. So it's the opposite of the farmers hashtag. What is the farmers hashtag? It's I think it's stand with farmers or we we are farmers, farmers or stand with oh, farmers. We are with farmers. Or yeah, something, something like, like that. Stand with farmers. And they are just saying, no, 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 we are together. It's like yeah. saying all lives matter. It really is. And yeah. it's, it's so despicable that that's happening. And the other thing that happens anytime anybody from the West speaks out about what's going on in India is that they love to say like we don't like outside governments to be interfering in our government like we're so independent mm-hmm. and we're going to do what's best and it's like you're saying that but one yeah. of your biggest exports which is yeah. culture and film and music is yeah. being consumed in the west that you are yeah. now now saying that that those people don't have a right to say anything yeah. about what's going on in India is bullshit because yeah. so many NRIs and I mean I'm not Indian I'm Pakistani but But so many NRIs, they have a voice to now add to what's going on because we all do still have family. I mean, I'm Pakistani, but I do still have family in India, too. Yeah. It's just very sad. But I wanted to just like talk about that a little bit because maybe people have heard of it or it's been coming up in their you news know, feeds or anything. Yeah, we'll put up uh, a couple of links and maybe yeah. we'll hashtag in our episode. So if people want to go look up and want to tweet that. While this is very sad, what can we do, right, as Americans mm-hmm. in in America yeah. or Canada or wherever, wherever you're listening from? What we can do is we can use our power with our elected officials to make sure that they show solidarity by condemning the actions of the Indian government. You know, we had Trump for four years and Trump and Modi were best, best friends. Mm -hmm. And so now it's time for our government that we've elected in to stand up and take a stance. And I think slowly already a couple of senators Mm -hmm. and stuff have tweeted about it. So it's hopefully going to move things along because let me tell you something, as they see people, the worst thing in the world for us is when people start bad mouthing us. Okay. Mm -hmm. When somebody that is more popular than you starts to talk shit, like if you're a kid 
And then your mom is like, so-and-so auntie who is more wealthy than me and has a better car than me and has better, better saris than me. When I hear her talk shit about you, then I really care about what it is that you're right. doing. So unlike Trump, Modi can be shamed is what we're saying. Yes, basically. We, we, we can be convinced to do something by fear of shame. So, yes. and of course, hello, we have a half Indian vice president. Yes. So we should yes. hopefully get this more traction. Correct. And, yeah. you know. Right, right. Give so, it its due attention. Hopefully. Tag our sister Kamala on your um, <laughs> on your hashtag. You do tweet about it. Tag her. <laughs> yeah, be like, I was listening to the reality is pod and I heard about the farmers protest. Dear Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, everything matters. That's yes. how it becomes bigger. And yeah. that's how it that's how you can put pressure on these governments, right? So let's get on it and help them. Yeah. All right, right, now shall we talk about Bravo? <laughs> sure. Let's go from starving farmers <laughs> to overindulgent Bravo. Well, you know who else was starving? Yeah, I the know. guests of Kenya's yes. trip. <laughs> Everybody was starving. Oh my god! Okay, this is one of the best Atlanta episodes I have ever seen. It was so and good. Did you invite people over for a vacation? So you all go out, multiple families. You go out for a vacation, and then would you order food just for yourself? No. Oh my god, my mom would <laughs> murder me if I ever did that. Like you know, and I'm sure this is the same thing with you, brown people. We don't know how to like not order for people. Like we don't know how to. Whenever I order food or whenever I cook food, it's always for hundreds of people. I recently recently saw on Twitter somebody took a picture of an old recipe book from I don't know where, and it said something like biryani for 500 people. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's my mom's recipe. <laughs> Like, we don't know how to. I don't yeah, know how to cook for two. We actually have pots and pans are larger than most people. Like American pots and pans are smaller <laughs> for us because we cook in bulk. Yeah, like our stove. Like when my mother in law is cooking a big meal, three of her burners take up one pot. So like, <laughs> I just don't know how you could. I mean, God, talk about being shamed. The shame I would feel if I was. I'm not even. I can't even eat in front of people yeah. who aren't eating. Like I don't know how to do that. I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, but she ordered it. She walked over. She sat with the other women like she was going to share. And she opened it up. <laughs> and then she proceeded to eat all by herself. Like, why couldn't you go to wherever the villa is where your daughter is and go yeah. and sit with Brooklyn and have some French fries with her and eat right. your crab cakes? Why would you run she that? She could have ordered it over to the house next door. Yeah. And just had her food there and come back and acted acted like she was starving too. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. She came in, brought it, put it in front of them, and they're all staring at her, staring at the food. You could you could see the their mouth like my mouth are watering just thinking about my, it. My mouth is salivating right now just thinking about. It. But they were they had they were salivating and they're just standing there staring at her. And she proceeds to just bite into the classic Kenya. Oh, I love Class- that. Oh my god. Only Kenya could do that and get away with it. Everybody saw it, but nobody got really mad to the point where they would be yelling or mad. They were just like, what the hell? No, I've were- I've never seen Candy more mad than yes. when- Candy was mad. No, but I'm saying Candy was madder in her uh in her testimonial than yes, she yes. was during in front of Kenya. That's, That's only I'm because saying. Kenya finally decided to share a little bit. 
<laughs> but if Kenya was like, Mm-mm, no, I'm not going to share it, Candy would have killed someone. And you know what? I don't blame her because I would have done the same thing. Okay, I have oh a question for God. you. In the beginning of the episode, they were picking names for their alter egos. Yeah. What yeah. would yours be? Oh, I never thought of that. I could tell you what mine would be. What was yours? <laughs> Mango juice. Mango juice. <laughs> not Mango Lussie? No, 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 no. I don't need that much dairy. I was going to say, I was going to say masala chai, which is. Yeah, which is fine. That's your, that's your that's, I love it. Yeah. Or no, that's perfect. Dosa, or idli vada. Yeah, I feel like masala chai, masala dosa, like that would be your yeah. alter ego. Masala dosa, yes. It I feel like masala food. chai is good because it's like chai, it's got caffeinated, it's going to pump you up, but it's also masala, right. so it's a little spicy, it's a little aromatic, like that's definitely an arthy vibe. Right. Like chai can also chill you out, but it can also give you energy in right. the mornings. It would be food related for sure. Of course, it would definitely, it wouldn't be lickety split or 50 cent, it would be like... Uh. It would be mango juice. That was good. That was good. Day. If I could be cheese fries, that would be my alter ego. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> the funniest thing to me was the auntie versus nieces. Oh my God. That was so hilarious. And it's so true. They are aunties and nieces. Yes. <laughs> like the, all the oldies sitting there with Latoya was the youngest in that. And she's like, all the aunties over there. <laughs> the Latoya funniest. is in the wrong group. The funniest thing to me was when they do nieces and Marlo is there. I'm like, Marlo, what are you doing with nieces? You're an auntie. Also, I'm an auntie. I am definitely an auntie. You know that. Somewhere in my mind, I believe that I could be a niece. But I I think you have niece energy. You don't realize it. But from an auntie perspective, let me tell you. You have niece energy. I am an auntie. So yeah, but like, you know, you know, I do think that I have niece energy. But if I could, I would much rather hang out with aunties than to be with nieces. You're, you're like Marlo. You're like Marlo. You want to be accepted by the aunties. We keep pushing you into the niece category. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like full full disclosure, I like half watched Atlanta last season because Nene Leaks makes me so angry that I like have mm-hmm. a difficult time watching her. But I remember meeting Tanya when they all went to was it Japan or China or something? Mm-hmm. So when they had gone to Japan, that's when I first met Tanya. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that she was like a little too much. She was just like doing the most. But mm-hmm. this season, I'm like, I think I'm Tanya. You think? Oh my God, yes. Like how seriously she was taking the murder mystery thing and how she got on Kenya about I not having enough food. Gone. Yeah, that's because she's Canadian. Yeah. Canadians are a little bit Asian, Asian like, like a little bit desi. Yeah, they, they are. Take, they take their knives, they're sort of passive, and then they try, they do, they do try hard, they work hard. Yeah. They take things seriously. That's Canadian. That's Tanya's Canadian coming out. It's not. Yeah, so I feel very much like Tanya. I was like, you know what? She just, and also because she's like always saying these really funny, really corny things. Like, I feel like that's also me because a lot of my friends are like really fabulous or really sassy and like all this stuff. And I'm always like making a dad joke on the side. I am the joker in the group too. All my (laughs) friends are like really savvy. They look great. They do a lot of different things that are like sophisticated. And I'm, I walk in like in the joker. One of my friends was uh, just texted in a group text, and she's like, "For the f- I I got my first um, speeding ticket." I'm like, and everybody's commiserating with her, like, "Oh my god, oh that just feels awful." I know, and I'm like, "What do you mean first 
speeding ticket. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? How long have you been driving? Oh what my gosh. Uh, I, would, I would probably have my 10th speeding ticket to anniversary celebration or something. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, one time I got pulled over and a cop said to me, what do you have, a lead foot? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. But in college, I used to get so many speeding tickets and I don't anymore. No, you stop after a while, but you do get them when you're young. Of course. Oh, my God. I had points on my license all the time because of that. Anyway, I feel like I'm Tanya and I definitely, yes, I know that I bring niece energy, but I'm definitely in my heart. I'm an auntie because like Candy and Cynthia sitting there and just like talking about how tired they were. I was like, "Mm, that's me. (laughs) But also I get it because I'm a lot like Portia where Portia is like, I don't want to do this. I just want to drink and dance. Like I also get that. So Portia was determined not to be structured. She was like, I'm here to have fun. Don't put me into a structured activity of any sort. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I've been sitting in my. I've been sitting in a van for eight hours. (laughs) You come. Can you imagine sitting in a van for eight hours and getting out of the van, and now you have to do a murder mystery? (laughs) It always seems so fun on Housewives, but I know people who have gone to them, and they're like, "It's really stupid," and it's like, "What I want to do it, even if it's." Stupid. I want to go through it one time. I want to be there laughing. Okay, I want to be there with you if you're going to do it. I want to do that. So when we meet up with after our vaccinations, maybe we do a murder mystery. Yeah, just me and you. (laughs) (laughs) You you murder me. Like one of us is murdered and the other one says, I did it. (laughs) There you go. Case closed. Um, I also feel like this trip was an audition and now I see why maybe drew won the peach and toya didn't because that wig fight it was perfect i mean the fact that drew okay a great housewife is a housewife that doesn't she doesn't break a sweat she's not the one that's looking crazy and also can i just say that for once in my life i'd like to be able to have the opportunity to say don't forget i'm from jersey okay like the way that she drew goes i'm from chicago bitch like i want to be able to say i'm from jersey bitch But, you know, the only time I ever use that is, like, when I'm driving in Maryland and somebody's, like, honking at me because I'm, like, trying to cut them off. I'm, like, fuck off. I'm from Jersey. Like, that's the only time. But I'd love for the opportunity. that was you. Okay. That was you. (laughs) It was me. I was bothering you. (laughs) I was trying to get into the Valero rest stop in Delaware. Okay. Anything else on Atlanta? No, that was it. It was fun. It was fun. There was nothing problematic. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, enjoyed every bit. I enjoyed the murder mystery with the woman coming in, winking at them, dancing, and then falling down. <laughs> <laughs> dance. The cops coming and uh, Portia jumping behind the couch. She was so bad. <laughs> I was like, that is rough. I would not do that. I would, I would be no. like, hey, maybe we don't she do cops with so guns. Fast. It was so fast. I was so amazed. Yeah, I don't she have those kinds of... Behind it. She jumped over the couch and was hiding behind it. Which really tells me that if that was like a real life instance for me, I would be dead. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have that kind of agility to be jumping over couches like no. that. So, no, I would I be mean... having a whole... I would be like, huh, what? You shot me? Why? What? I would be still talking. I would still be saying hello. <laughs> Good day. Very, 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 very politely, I would be saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay <clears throat> all right dallas dallas uh carrie is 
the worst. And what's really confuses me is like she somehow is buddies with Cam this season, but Cam was Leanne's best friend last season. Yeah. And now she's they have Carrie's a podcast best friend. Yeah, so much so that they have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't either. I think, see, Cam doesn't like Stephanie and Brandy. Mm-hmm. And Cam won't go with Deandra because her fights when she was fighting alongside Leanne. Yes. So it's like Cam doesn't have anybody other than Carrie to lean on. But that's confusing because Leanne Anne and Carrie hate each other. Yeah, I don't know what that is. About. I don't know how that happened. But this time around, they're so buddy-buddy. But also, they're so... Oh, they're so wrong at all times. It, it's it's amazing that they don't get called out. They don't even let each other finish their thoughts. So, like, I don't right. know what that would be like. I'm not going to listen to it because fuck that shit. That drove me crazy. And I mean, look, Tiffany putting Carrie in her place was one of the best things I've seen on Dallas right. so far. Yeah, Carrie trying to say oh oh i don't understand i don't oh i don't know what i'm saying because it's not my first language like tiffany's like bitch that is not an excuse you cannot right. blame the fact that english is not your first language on why you say dumb shit but also it can work on other people that have first language as english they'll give you that leeway but not another immigrant no not another immigrant who's been like no bitch yeah an immigrant who knows when uh, when you are playing that up versus not exactly that doesn't work with us we know when you mean it and when you don't when it's really a language issue and when it is not when you're just pretending it is so also the carry went on and on about how she was stressed and that oh don't don't compare your stress do you want to compare our stress levels no tiffany wasn't comparing stress levels tiffany was saying that i have more responsibility i'm out there saving lives you bitch and it's different from what you are doing yes first of all in my mind Carrie 100% weaponized her daughter's mental health yes. and it was totally fucked up because Tiffany is talking about how she can't get hammered at parties because she has to go to work and save lives and yeah. Carrie responds by saying well I have a lot of stress in my life too because my daughter has mental health issues it's like well bitch if your daughter has mental health issues then why the fuck are you drinking this much go take care of yeah. your daughter and like even when Tiffany says like I don't have some I don't have a backup plan I have to go to work tomorrow Carrie's yeah. like oh you do and then also Carrie keeps talking about how she doesn't have any money she grew up wealthy she married a person once she got a divorce and then she married another rich guy so i don't understand this whole thing of like i'm so poor you're not poor you're You're not not poor you're not and you are saying that you have to walk away if your current husband walks away why do you think your current husband is going to walk away why are you even talking about that Mm -hmm. if he walks away i'll be left with nothing why are you what is happening there we're not talking about that. So is there something happening there that you want to bring? Is that your next storyline? I don't know. Yeah. And then she goes off on t- Tiffany. When Tiff- she, you cannot compare a doctor working during a pandemic to you and any other stress that you might have. That's not the same. It's apples and oranges. It's not saying that your stress is not important, but it's not the same. You're not even having the same conversation across the table. I think Tiffany realized it halfway through and she was like, okay, I'm not even speaking another word. No, I'm gonna exactly. Like, Deandra, I'm gonna do Deandra do her crazy and you know Deandra is also being crazy but I'll let Deandra handle this mess because I'm not gonna get into the muck with Carrie yeah you're arguing with a person who doesn't have like the mental capacity and the intelligence to understand what you're saying I mean it's yes. kind of like how they treat Cam like Cam is too dumb to be yeah. reasoned with so yeah. Carrie's kind of getting bundled in there it's just they're both really 
I don't right. Ugh. Cam doesn't like Tiffany for the oddest reason. The chicken foot thing was a small thing, but Cam has taken it to the point where Cam has is coming for Tiffany for no particular reason. She just hates her. That's also Cam's mo. Yeah. She does that every season. She finds a right. reason to dislike a person, and she just hates them for that reason. And it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Right. Which is it's like a very high school tactic, but that's also yeah. Cam. I don't know yeah. why else, you know. Yeah, they made me like Brandy in that scene. And I was like, why are you making me like Brandy? Yeah, I, I don't want this. She seems to be more responsible than all of you guys. Yes. Later on, Tiffany cries about not being good enough for her parents. And I was like, yep. <laughs> Sounds about that right. Was, uh, that, was, that was a little traumatic for me. I was like, I know that feeling. It was very sad. Yeah, it was like very real and very traumatic. But I was very much like I think Ronnie on Watchful Crappens mentioned it before, which is like, oh, okay, so you're just this is your way to quit your job. <laughs> your parents forced force you to have very Wendy yeah. Osepo of you. And you know what? I support it because Tiffany can do whatever the hell she wants. Also, we learned thanks to Bill that the Moon family is very rich. Yeah. They're very the rich, fam- rich. Yeah, the husband's family is super rich. So most of Tiffany's wealth that she shows off is not her. It, it comes from a husband's family. And Tiffany is actually the second wife of Mr. Moon. Oh. She has two stepchildren, 16-year-old twins. So her husband's first kids were also twins. Oh. Yeah. She met him when she was 23 and he already had 16-year-olds. So that means that... he's He is much older than he looks. I don't know how old he is, but he is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, she's crying about it. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's about right. It's interesting because like, I think a lot of people view my parents, like they look at my parents and they always say like, oh, your parents are so warm and your parents are so loving and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny to me because I'm like, you're, you think that my parents are loving to you. But that's not the parents that I had. And that's a really interesting thing about I feel like a lot of Asian parents is like yeah. all of the friends growing up love to go over to each other's house and say like, oh, so-and-so auntie is so nice. So-and-so uncle is so nice. Right. Or so- but those kids never had the same experience with their with their actual parents. And it's like very much this thing that Asians, Asian parents do, which is like they put out this outward image a certain way. Yeah. But the way that they yeah. act at home with their family is very – it's like very cut and dry. Very like we got to get to business. And yeah. so it's good because, I mean, it's not good my parents did that, but it's good because I actively try to not be that parent. So I'm actually yeah. not very warm to other people's children and very nice to my own. You don't have to do the exact opposite, though. <laughs> Why? No, I'm not a dick to them. I'm just saying, uh, like, you know, people like, well, well I am. It this is way. hard. My husband yeah. is not. My husband is very nice to everybody's kids. But for me personally, like, I've never been that person just sits and, like, talks to a kid. I can't. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want yeah. I don't care. You're, you're, you're a little bit like my uh, sister there. You're like, I care about these two kids because they're mine, but I don't care about other kids because they're not mine. Yeah. And there's a <laughs> lot of other people who are, I know, are not like that. Yeah. For example, yeah. with my husband, but yeah, yeah, I, I can't. So. so I know what you mean by that because I have a hard time empathizing with my own child and being uh, much more lenient with my child because I try, 
I tend to be stricter with my child. I expect more from my child than I do from others. So when I see other kids, I give them a lot more leeway. So I come off as the fun auntie can talk to, they can play with, they can mess around with. I'll get down on their level. But when it comes to my own child, I, I tend to be a little bit more stricter. So she goes off saying, you don't love me. You love them, but you don't love me as much. You are so nice to them. You're not to me. And, and then I'll be like, oh, I do mean it and I do love you. But in the moment, I tend to be much more stricter with her. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to be. It's hard to find the balance. It is. It's hard to find the balance. Well, hopefully uh, Maya's not crying the way Tiffany is one day. Oh, I hope not. Or Eden. But if if she does, you know, that's what therapists are for. Exactly. Or she'll be a real housewife and it'll be fine. At least she won't be poor. She'll have a skill that she's learned. (laughs) And she won't be a burden to society when she's crying about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Oh, what happened in Salt Lake City? Okay, so Jen Shaw, last episode, we talked about how Jen Shaw made that ridiculous video. And now Jen Shaw released an apology video. But in my opinion, it was a no-apology video. Was it an apology video or was it like a TikTok? Because wasn't it real short? Like, was, oh, I did well, not She did like it. an Instagram live with yeah. Coach Shaw. It, w- yeah. it was not an apology. It was a non-apology. It was a yeah. denialology because she said something like, I care about black people, black lives matter, and I care about people, impoverished people. Or so she says something like that. Yeah. Disenfranchised people. She literally goes, I don't know why anybody thought I would compare it to George Floyd. I would never do that. It never happened. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, because you did, bitch. She went on camera. She said the white yeah. girls gaslit her and compared that yeah. to the murder of black men yeah. by police. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. she's trying to gaslight us into believing it didn't happen. Right. And he looked so uncomfortable in that video, like he didn't want to be there. It was a mess. It was really yeah. bad. What did you think of this finale episode? The finale episode, actually, I I was in love with Kotra. He was so good. He was like, yes, he was admitting that my wife has asked me like 600 times to do this. And he went out of his way. He says the right things. This is, you know how we have seen so many husband and wives have date nights on TV and it's always cringy. This was not cringy at all. It felt so natural. I believed everything he was saying about how he felt about her. Yeah, they weren't like having weird foreplay over sliced bananas like Meredith and Seth. Yeah, and it wasn't like Tamara Judge and Eddie wasn't like Karen Huger and Ray. It wasn't like <laughs> Ramona, Ramona and Mario. How many examples can I give you of cringeworthy, you know? I noticed this other thing, which is that when Jen Shah is with Coach Shah, she's not drinking. She's not drinking. She talks softly. She was very demure and she listens to him. She's like almost, he's almost like a father figure. Just scared of her. Scared of him. Scared of losing him. Scared of disappointing him. Yeah, which was, you know, complicated. What a complicated yeah. thought. I, I paid attention because I saw that they had that bottle on the table mm-hmm. and it was sparkling Welch's grape juice. Oh, wow. Yeah, because Coach Shah doesn't drink. Because I believe Coach Shah is like a practicing Muslim. Um, yeah. And so he doesn't drink. And I think that's why at the party, when Jen went ba- bananas at the party, 
I don't mm-hmm. think it was ever really about Whitney. I think it was the fact that she was getting drunk and Coach yeah. uh, was more mad about that. Because even when yeah. they were talking about it on the bed, he's like, why yeah. are you drinking? Yeah. And she's like, oh, because I'm so sad. So I yeah. feel like there's like something, some more to unpack there. But of course, Jen's not going to do any of that. She's incapable of figuring out what's going on in that end. She has some mental issues, but I think a lot of it is her personality and her neediness. And that's not something you can treat. It's not treatable. This is just who she is. Jen and Lisa sit together and they have that. They go. To, okay. They- how weird is it that Lisa, who said just an episode ago that she will never, she, I don't think I can be your friend all of a sudden is friendly, which is what, which reminds me of what you said last week was that Lisa and Jen we're in cahoots mm-hmm. and then when Lisa did not take down Whitney. That's when Jen lost it. So now Lisa is trying to bring, get back into Jen's graces. I believe that that is what's happening. And what's really fucked up is like Jen is actually like a low key manipulator. I mean, she's very clearly not managing her mental health, mm-hmm. but she's doing it so poorly. And she's got some other condition where she's actually literally forgetting the things that she said, partially because she's delusional, but also mm-hmm. she's a manipulator because she says to Lisa, oh, they don't get my tone. Yeah. And, you know, they just don't get it. What that does is it puts all of the blame on the person receiving the information. None of the accountability goes to the person who's actually saying it. And then Jen also blames her culture and her upbringing. And like, this is interesting to me because it's kind of like Carrie blaming being an immigrant for how she says fucked up things. It's like, oh, well, English isn't my first language. So sometimes I say things that don't make any sense. So like you can say that to a white person, maybe they'll put up with it, but you can't say that to another immigrant whose language is also not English. And it's the same thing with Jen. Like Jen blames it on her culture and her upbringing. And while I think Mary is really fucked up, I think Mary sees through that. I think Mary goes, that's a cop out. You cannot blame that shit. You cannot blame your behavior on you being an immigrant and having to tough it out. You're a rich lady who's been married to a very rich man for 26 years. Yeah. You can't blame your upbringing anymore you're not a little kid you're not a 25 year old you're not a 30 year old you're in your like what 40s or 50s like you can't blame that anymore and when you do that what happens is that you actually take attention away from people who actually have real issues that they have to work through because they come from immigrant families or because they come from disenfranchised homes and like again kind of like how she compared herself to george floyd it's the same thing where like you're putting the blame on the wrong thing and a white person's not going to check you for it but a brown Mm -hmm. person is is going to yeah right exactly well said oh, well thanks. said thank you <laughs> lisa re- realizes that jen is pushing her into dangerous territory and she's like oh yeah oh okay i get it and she's like okay i'm not i'm not gonna bite that bullet bringing up race and you're bringing and all that and I'm not going to fall for it. So she immediately sidesteps and says, okay, Jen, whatever you say, maybe Mm -hmm. that's why you're like this. And she just walks away. You know, Lisa plays the game well. She plays the housewives game well. I'm I'm slowly respecting her hustle. Yes. She might be a sniper from the side. Mm -hmm. She could be. Now Heather and Jen. I feel sad for Heather. I feel sad for Heather. I was like, sister, you don't need to do this. Why did you even uh, let her come? You should have disinvited her. And why are you bending over backwards to get an apology, which is a half-assed apology? When Heather was talking to Jen about what was happening, did you see Jen was getting activated? Yes. Her eyes were blazing. She was about to flip. 
and she was just barely holding herself together. If Heather thinks that after that incident and they made up and they hugged it out, if you think that Jen is going to forget that, no way. Mm-mm. No way. Absolutely not. Jen is going to bring it up again, yet again, when Heather expects it the least. Jen is not the one that makes up and moves on. No, she seems like a maniac who never lets go of things. Yeah. Heather needs to take a page out of Meredith's book and yes. just disengage. Just disengage. That's, yeah. a, that's such a great term. I use, I'm use. i using it so often now. <laughs> Even at work, I'm like, I look at an email and I'm like, um, no, I'm disengaging. Yes, that's my favorite I thing sh- when like you get pulled, you know, when you get an email and it's not to you, but it's between two other people and you're CC'd on it and exactly. you can see them going back like, and forth and you're like, I could fix this, but I'm not going to get involved. I'm not gonna involved. You know, yes. I'm, I'm going to disengage. I'm going to let you guys figure this out yourself. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to fix it because in the end, the person who fixes it is the one that will get blamed by one of them that was not quite happy with it. I should have a folder in my outlook that says disengage you know who else disengaged i realized karen huger this season exactly that's pretty much what she did was i am disengaging is what karen huger did yeah we have to we have to teach karen huger that word so she can say that's what i did (laughs) oh my god she's gonna do such a good job she's gonna say father god in heaven i'm disengaging Jen Jen goes to Meredith and apologizes, quote unquote, for talking about her marriage. But mm-hmm. she doesn't. She actually says, I know I'm sorry I was wrong. I shouldn't have even entertained that conversation, which very mm-hmm. much makes it sound like Whitney was the one talking about it and Jen was just adding on to it. And it's like, right. you brought up the whole thing, which is very different. And I'm really excited to see the reunion because Meredith is going to call her out on this shit. She's going to be like, no, you're a liar. I hope Meredith stays awake and actually calls out Jen. Well, we see that Mary falls asleep at the reunion. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> I'm so looking forward to Mary doing a Ramona. One of the funniest things was that, like, in the beginning of the episode, they were showing them all, you know, having a zen moment and the flashbacks of what happened yeah. in Vegas, right? And everybody's having these moments, and they show Mary, and she's just walking around her kitchen, and they show a flashback, but it's just, it's just Mary on the phone. <laughs> Everybody else is, like, in the middle what of the fight. Topic? In the kitchen, the closet in the kitchen. <laughs> Even her like ending, like oh. her ending little like vignette or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Even that was like she's still in her closet. <laughs> Wait, by the way, I just found this out. Bravo by Brett. He told yeah. me that Charlinda has left the coop. She has flown the coop. Yes. I want to have Charlinda. So if somebody knows Charlinda, we would love to have her on our podcast. Yes. So it turns out that Mary was doing a Zoom interview with somebody on E. Yeah. And they asked about Charlinda and Mary said, well, Charlinda saw the show and she saw green and she betrayed me and she no longer works for me anymore. Oh, wow. I said, you know what? I can't wait to read that book, Charlinda. Yeah. Who can get Charlinda's contact to Brian Moylan? Yes, please. And I hope Charlinda took some of those expensive, uh, you know, purses and stuff as she left the house. Yeah. Charlinda, you can come and work for me and I wouldn't even make you wear scrubs. No. But also, for somebody who hates hospitals, why would you dress up Charlinda in scrubs? It's very perplexing. And you get served food like that. And serve food on a tray like a hospital. And go to Heather's um, uh, beauty lab and then take the oxygen tank. You know, whatever. Yep. And she's like, why? uh, What is all of that? And they're like, that's fragrance. And I'm like, she doesn't have her, uh, you know, smell glands. What's the point? I don't couldn't tell if it was that she didn't have her smell glands or that she took away her own sweat glands. 
Switzerland. I don't Nobody know. knows what anything. I what? can't even remember what when that happened, but yeah, that was like the first episode, and nobody ever. We never got a. We never got an understanding of what happened to Mary and her sweat or scent glands. Yes, <laughs> nobody I knows don't know what that meant. But um, I'm like, okay, now you're going to put in and take in oxygen, and the, they ca- take that nasal thing and they keep using reusing it too. I don't uh, know if that's yeah, possible. Big yeah, kind of COVID front. Yeah, that was not good. That was not good. But yeah, that was Salt Lake City. I'm very much excited to see the reunion. I feel like it's going to be an explosive one. Because I've seen based on Twitter, like I said, that I don't think Heather and Jen are on a great page. Like they will often retweet stuff saying like, I love Heather and Jen on screen together or I miss these guys together. But they also will speak their mind. And Jen, Heather's always very honest, but Jen is obviously super delusional crazy cuckoo pants so but heather is wearing jen's fashion jxa i think maybe the fallout came after the reunion oh okay she's wearing jen's fashion and jen is uh, jen has blm masks that yeah. go all the way up to your forehead if you go on the website and look at the mouth <laughs> they're huge they cover up the entire face yes and then um she's also um looking for fashion interns so she there's she says there is no better way to get your foot in the door of fashion industry than through a hands-on internship with the fashion designer that fashion designer being jen oh my god could you imagine working hands-on hands-on being as a fashion intern you learn all about sketching sewing draping tagging pattern making color and other aspects that go into designing high-end clothing which means you're going to be sketching sewing draping tagging (laughs) pattern making color and coloring that all of that work plus blowing a smoke up jen's ass that's all included in the internship oh my god so she's going to get interns instead of assistants so instead of having eight assistants that she doesn't pay she's going to do the sonia morgan thing and have interns that she doesn't pay yeah she saw what's happening to erica girardi right now with her divorce she's probably having to let go of all of her assistants and all of her glam squad so instead she's taking a page out of sonia's book and saying let me give them college credits for this yes <laughs> also, what was I going to say? Um, we also heard from one of our other Bravo accounts that we communicate with that there was an assistant of Jen's that used to be pretty active on Twitter and they they quit working for Jen. So And they have an NDA so they can't talk and say anything more. Wild that God. Anytime a housewife rolls in with that many people that they're that's on their payroll, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm done with you. Peace out. Erica, even though I love I love the very problematic Lisa Vanderpump, Mm -hmm. she was always surrounded by her employees. Yeah. So well, that's it for this week. That's it. We're gonna watch House of Ho. I have to basically binge the entire season, which I hear is not going to be difficult this weekend. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. And then we're also going to touch on Summer House on Tuesday, which is coming out. The biggest reason why we will touch on Summer House is just so that we can talk about what a fucking piece of shit Hannah, Burner, and Paige are. Yeah. And they're all terrible. I can tolerate them, but you really cannot tolerate them. You went on a rampage today. You were like, this is bullshit i don't like hannah because she thinks that she's funny and she's not and she steals jokes and that's Mm -hmm. not funny to me it's like really frustrating because it's like here's a mediocre white lady just like doing the least and getting all this attention and here's like me and you or other podcasters or creatives who put in so much thought 
into their content that they often like will corner themselves into a wall to make sure that it's perfect. And here's this person just like half-assing it. And while like sometimes I feel like that's inspirational with her, it's extremely frustrating because she steals jokes. Like I've done stand-up before. I I used to go to open mics before COVID hit and I would – I would see the mediocrity on the stage and it would drove me crazy because that is the effort that these people would roll in with. And then all the people of color that would go up on stage, you would like know that they've been practicing it. You know that they've really put some thought into their content because you have to try – you need to work extra hard in whatever field you're in to Mm -hmm. get – on stage or the spotlight if you are a person of color or if you're part of a minority. And not that there aren't minorities that are also just like that. Yes, certainly. They're usually men. Yes, I was going to say, typically. (laughs) Typically men. Yeah, mediocrity exists in men across the board. Across the board. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. That's it for this week. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.